Who's going to pray for us besides my wife? Uh, here we go. What meaning life has a share wow. when God gave you to me the reason of my being I clearly now can see treading on life's pathway I crossed that point in time where emptiness and failure made passes at my mind my heart took on a feeling that best can be described by adding to confusion more loneliness and pride I thank God for his wisdom by allowing us to meet through you he's raised my spirit I thank God for his wisdom by allowing us to meet. Through you, he's raised my spirit. I feel that incomplete. Perhaps I would have wandered the depths of solitude. But just your sight ignited the flame within my mood. Now nights all seem as mornings. Music's always heard. You gave to me a purpose. Has been secured. I thank God for His wisdom, allowing us to meet. Through You, we've raised my spirit and feel that incomplete. I thank God for His wisdom by allowing us to meet. Through You, we've raised my spirit and feel that incomplete. I thank God for His wisdom by allowing us. What meaning life has a share when God gave you to me the reason of my being? Oh, I clearly now can see. Praise the Lord. I thank God for his wisdom by allowing us to meet. Through you, he raised my spirit, feel that incomplete. I thank God for his wisdom by allowing us to meet. Through you, he my spirit. I like that song. Complete, 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 complete now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The title of my sermon is Thank You Very Much. Not very, very, V-A-R, very much. Praise God. Do you have your Bibles? I'm going to ask you to get them out and open up to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Begin reading in verse 26. Thanksgiving Day. I thank God for his wisdom. Matthew 25, we'll begin reading in verse 26. 
The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given what? And he who and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Father, I pray that we would just glean from your word, Lord God, the parables that you have placed here before us. We honor and we bless you in Christ's name. And everybody together said, Greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Thank you very much. It's talking here about varied gifts, different gifts, varied gifts. Okay, that's why I've entitled the sermon, Thank You, V-A-R-Y, Very Much. See, the Bible sometimes, within its contents, you run across scriptures you don't like. I've told you before, when I was in the men's home, I was only there 26 and a half months, which I could have stayed longer, but I thank God for his wisdom. He allowed us to meet, so we had to get married. But when I read the word of God there... I read a scripture that says, many are called, but few are chosen. I hated that verse. I hated that verse. So in a sense, I threw it out the Bible because I hated it so much. I said, no, 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 no. What do you mean many are called and few are chosen? I want to be one of the chosen ones. And I've told you before, God really used that scripture in my life to make sure that I was one of the chosen. Because I hated that scripture so much. You know, I said, man, God, those people are going to go to hell. Yes, there is. Uh, And I said, I ain't going to be one of them. That's why that scripture really ministered to me. But this scripture here that we find in Matthew 25, verse 29, it also seems to be a verse that some people might not like. It seems very unfair. How and why should it be all right to take from the poor and give to the rich? That's a little bit outrageous, don't you think? It's a little bit odd, and, 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 and it's not righteous. It's not right. It's not fair. Now, it might be all right to take from the rich and give to the poor, Right, Robin Hood? Yeah. But the other way around, it doesn't make sense. uh, That that he would take from the poor and give it to the rich. But we studied this verse a few months ago. Remember that? Uh, More. He that has more shall be given. Uh, But it doesn't seem fair to, to take from those who are in poverty and give it to those that have enough wealth already. That's an injustice. It would be sort of like the Salvation Army and the United Way using all they have to go help the people in Black Hawk. That's what it would be like. That's not right. We need it in the ghetto. Oh, man. They would only give it. Haven't you ever said to yourself, man, they should, all those players, they should just give Victory Outreach a million dollars. We'll be okay. But they don't do that. He that has more shall be given. But we're going to have and we're having Ah, we're going to have, oh, by the way, those of you that didn't know, we got the permit to knock down the walls. We have to wait anywhere from five to ten working days, and then we can knock down the walls. Probably on December 2nd, hopefully on December 2nd, when I preach in the morning, we're going to have a sledgehammer here, and I get the first hit. All right, I get the first hit. Ah, hallelujah. Boom, we're going to knock down some walls. So, we've already got the permit. We just have to wait a little bit, huh? But thank, give God a hand, we got the permit. Thank God, hallelujah, to knock down our first wall. 
Now, all that Jesus is saying here in Matthew 25, 29, is in ending and concluding his parable of the talents, is he's stating and he's standing on a God-given, a God-ordained, stay with me now, natural law. That's what he's talking about. He's stating a natural law. Are you with me? He that has, more shall be given. It's a law. See, we don't get all mad and we don't get upset when, when somebody says, how much is two and two? We don't get all upset and say, no, it's not, it's five. No, because it's right. It's a natural conclusion. Two and two equals not five. No, we don't get mad. Why? Because that's a natural law. Nor do we get mad when we're told that we reap what we sow. Because we know that that's true and that's correct. It's a natural law. You reap what you sow. I just gave my wife a kiss. I wonder what's going to happen to now. Oh, my God. I'm going to go to cruise. You reap what you sow. And I ain't taking it back, Jack. I'm here to reap. Uh, let me just, this ain't in my notes. But those of you that are, that are, that are new Christians, and because I, because I went through this. Uh, and I've told you the story, but for those of you that are new, I remember when I first went to the home, and I, I'm a writer, I hope, I think, and so they had me, I was writing for the newspaper, of Victor Outreach, it was new back then. They took me from the men's home to the hacienda where Pastor Sonny and Julie lived. And they said, oh, let's take the guy that's going to write the, get in the van. You know, because Victor Outreach has been a family from way back. And Sonny, you know, come on, we're going to go to Vaughn's Market. We all got in there. And that's when I saw Pastor Sonny put his arm around Julie. How many have heard the story? Uh, I mean, it blew me away. I said, oh my God, Christians. Because see, I come from the world and God had drastically and dramatically changed my life from night to day, just like that. Took the craving for heroin. I mean, I just changed. So I thought, holy, holy, holy. I thought everybody was real, real holy. I didn't know that holiness could kiss. And he put his arm around her and I go, oh, Jesus. You know, I thought it was immaculate conception all the way for everybody. Oh, good, you didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. Hey, but let me tell you something. Oh, uh, being a Christian. Don't, don't you taste your burritos a lot better, guys? Doesn't it taste like, oh. Well, kissing's even better, too. But, but hey, 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 hold on, wait till you graduate and then eight years later or something, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> All right, where were we? Natural laws, that's right. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. You got to know, because everything else is counterfeit. Oh, Jesus, I'm getting off my notes over here. Um, all that other stuff, man, you know, that's, that's lying, that's counterfeit. All that perversion and all that perverted, that's not the right thing. God's way is the best way. What have I said before? The world will give you a good time. Come on, baby, let the good times roll. You'll get a good time. The devil will give you a good time. But God will give you the best time. Hallelujah. The choice is yours. The choice is yours, what you want. You want a good time that finishes in an all, or you want the best time? Huh, what do you want? Nothing but the best for the best. Hallelujah. The devil can have the rest. Amen. Let's get back to the natural law. Okay. See, if one of our friends steps out of a third-story building and breaks his leg, we don't get all mad. 
At gravity? Early gravity, what's wrong with you, man? You broke my friend's leg. Oh, something happened to your arm, huh? Hallelujah. I guess you were leading the, the, the thing too much over here, huh? Uh, and he broke the gravity. You can't miss the gravity over here, you know? Uh, come on, Leva. Hallelujah. Uh, you're not going to get all mad at gravity when you break it. Break gravity, break your leg. See, it was only operating in its loss, gravity. Okay? It's loss. And the same thing should apply with us. Once we see that all that is happening here with uh, Matthew 25, 29 is a law that is taking place. He that has, more shall be given. Uh, it's a law that's taking place. It's reasonable and it's even lawful. Now, with that settled and dealt with, I want us to look at three things regarding the parable here of these talents. Okay, and we didn't read the whole parable. But it was a parable of a guy that was given uh, uh, five talents and he made, how many more? Five more. How many did he end up with? Eleven. Okay. Then the one with two talents, he made, he invested and he ended up with four talents. The guy with the one talent ended up with how many? Big fat zero. Uh, was taken away from him. Okay, the first thing that we want to look at regarding the parable here is the distributing of the gifts. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who called three men and he distributed and he delivered to them his goods or he gave them talents, his talents. See, the thing is that every servant receives something. Not one leaves the presence of, 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 of the man without anything. Somebody has one talent, somebody's given two talents, somebody's given five talents. But they all get something uh, from that man, from the master. Nobody leaves the master empty-handed. When you come to church, you get saved. Nobody leaves God empty-handed. You got something to offer. You got something. Nobody leaves empty-handed from the presence of God. Ah, uh, every man had received something. Every man has some kind of a talent to do business with in God's business. That is what God's trying to tell us with this parable: that no man need to be useless. In the kingdom of heaven. Nobody should be useless. Uh, my, in Spanish, uh, forgive me those of you that don't speak Spanish, but my mother used to say, tell me this all the time in Spanish. Esteban, sirve de algo, hombre. That's meant to say, Steve, you know, be of service to something. Be, be of value. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you guys, you guys, sirve de algo, hombre. Hallelujah. Uh, be of service, come on. Everybody should have at least one talent, something to offer to the master. See, none of us need to be so poor that we cannot make some worthy contribution to society and to Christianity as a whole. None of us. Every one of us has something to give that without the use of that gift, our world would be the much poorer. Everybody. Everybody can contribute something. Number two. Okay, the second thing. But... While everyone received a gift, not all received the same or the equal gift. Gifts vary. That's what the title of my sermon. Thank you very much. Gifts vary. Not everybody has the same type of gifts. Some people are born with very strong bodies. Some are born with inherited tendencies. In my family, it's called diabetes. Uh, see, some people have strong bodies, but some are not as gifted. Some have frail bodies. Okay? Some are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. 
Others <laughs> use a spoon for something else, but I'm not going to, you know. Uh. Some are born with so much opportunity for success, while others have, you know, to fight tooth and nail to be able to get even their next meal. Uh, I, I've been there. Uh, living dingy and dirty. My God, look at these three guys right here. They're cleaning the Board of Health. Yes, you three. They're looking around at each other. Because you heard his story last, yesterday. How many were here? Wasn't that powerful? Uh, he had some opportunity, but he, he, he lost that. Walter was going to commit suicide, but he got a flyer. Just like he got a flyer. Flyers ooh, are so important. Walter was going to kill himself. Uh, he was trying to drink enough beer to get enough courage to kill himself. And somebody talked to him about victory hours. He went in the home. Somebody talked to Emmanuel, living in his hoopty. <laughs> um, hoopty hotel, he called it. Uh, he had everything I laid out, he mentioned last night there. Huh? And Chucky, my God. Uh, nobody wanted him in Fremont and nobody's house. So I know these guys know about what they're talking about living out in parks and, and in cars and under the stars. Uh, hoping you were in Mars. You know, one of them shots, you know. I'm rapping here this morning. Uh, but some were born with a silver spoon. Some, not at all. See, we differ often, too, with the opportunities from which you use those gifts. Uh, I've mentioned before how Pastor Richard and Pastor Albert are, are so much alike. But one ended up in Manila, where there's not too much. And the other one ended up in Colorado Springs, where there's all kinds. There's a lot of silver spoons in Colorado Springs. And there's a lot of plastic spoons in the Manila. Uh, and, but see, they have the same giftings, but they have different opportunities to use those gifts. And God's going to bless them, and God's going to judge them accordingly. He knows. That's what I'm getting at. Now also, since these talents are, are gifts, then no one man is deserving of honor above the other. Listen to me. Nobody's deserving above the other. Gifts cannot be earned. Character can be earned. You're in the home, you better earn all the character you can get, guys. Because when you get out of here, uh, man, when, when, you, when, when nobody's walking you to the restroom... If you don't earn all the character you can get, when you get out of here, uh, if you don't learn to say no to the devil, no to drugs, no to sin, man, that was going to have you. Hook, line, and sinker. And you're probably going to end up in hell. I'm sorry. Sorry. But that's a fact, Jack. Because I didn't read the last verse. The last verse of this parable says, you take him and throw him in the... There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Huh? Where the worm never dies. But that's another sermon. I'm not going to deal with that. Okay, uh, so, but the gifts cannot be earned. Character can be earned. Something that you can say, hey, you know what, I made every church service, so now devil, I'm stronger, I, I can come against you in the name of Jesus. Because character, you're picking up character every time you come to church, every time you read your Bible, every time you pray, every time you fast, every time you give, you're picking up character. But the gifts, you can't earn those. They're given to you by somebody. Uh, God gives gifts to us. We can't say, I want to be a preacher. You can say that. But it don't mean you're going to be a preacher. Because I've seen a lot of people, especially in Victory Outreach. Uh, I was thinking about that driving over here. I don't know what came to my mind, but I was thinking, 
you know, some of the guys, and I want to do that, man. Because, you know, there's nothing wrong to esteem and want good, good things. But it, sometimes you don't know what you're asking for. Oh, sheesh. Man, the higher you go, the more the winds blow. So sometimes you don't know what you're talking about. But, oh, you know, but you can't ask God. You, you, you can ask him, but you can't tell God to make you a preacher. No, no, no. He gives gifts severally as he wills. So the gifts, you can't boast about them. God gives them to you. Nor should people with lesser gifts feel smaller or inferior to those with, with bigger gifts. You shouldn't. Uh, just because I'm, a, I'm here and you're there, doesn't make me better than you. No way. And if you hang around me long enough, you know that that's the way I, I am. I'm not shay, no big thing. Uh, sometimes I think when, when people come around here to the office, they, they come in, they say, okay, uh, the pastor here? Yeah, it's me. Oh. Ah. Uh, there's no difference between gifts. God, nobody should feel superior or inferior. The key is in using what gifts God has blessed you with. See, the key is in how we use those gifts. In the parable, the man with the five talents and the man with the two talents, they eagerly and they wholeheartedly, they go directly to work, the Bible says, right away, immediately, they went to work. They went to do their best for the master. Their best. Now, in a sense, it would seem easier for those most gifted to be able to work than the ones that were less gifted. Okay? In other words, what I'm trying to say is, the ones with the most gifted are subject to temptations as well. Okay, the ones that are most gifted. They're subject to temptation just as much. You, you think the guy with the one talent, you know, would, would want to go work. With the guy with the five talents, I don't got to go work. I already got five talents. The guy with the two talents, I, I don't want to go work. I, I got two talents. I got more than the other guy. But no, the Bible says these two went immediately to work. They were just as tempted against a man with the one talent not to work. And I'm going to tell you why. See, at school sometimes, the guys with the most brains, or the girls, usually the girls have the most brains, uh, they do just enough to get by, especially in school if they grade on the curve. Because if you're smart, and you're smart, you don't have to do too much. Because you got five talents. Hey, Holmes, I got my GED. So this, you know, I'm smart, eh? Uh, I should enroll in continuation. I'm that bad, you know? I could do it. Uh, so they don't, they don't excel because they can have it easy. They don't go the extra mile because they got it easy already. See, in the Bible, we have a case where some rich folk came and they gave a good amount of money in the treasury, in the offering. See, how easy for those rich folk to go from, you know, feeling vastly superior in comparison to the widow who only put in two mites. But it's not necessarily so. There are some people who are more able and more talented and more gifted who could be doing vastly more than they currently are, but they're satisfied to just do enough to get by and to get along with the crowd. When they should be leading the crowd. Some of you should be leading this crowd. But you're, you're, you're so talented, you're so gifted. Oh, man, Victor, you know, he got his GED. I got my, you know, I graduated from elementary. Eh? Ain't no comparison to that guy. 
I'm smarter. So you just do enough to get by. Uh, but you're, you're talented. You've got five talents. God doesn't want you to be moved by the crowd. He wants you to move the crowd. He wants you to be in front of the crowd. We've got some leaders in here. We've got to raise up. Use your talents. Use your giftings. Don't sit on them. Don't bury them. Get up. My wife has a sermon. Get off your brass. Hallelujah. I was telling her that she needs to preach it. She preached it, in, and she preached it over there in, uh, right? And then she preached it in Amsterdam. That's a good sermon. Uh, get off your brass. I gave her the title. But some of you should. Uh, you're made out of brass, but, you, but you're sitting on plastic. Wow, hallelujah. But are you with me? You should be leading the crowd. In actuality, they could be achieving more in the kingdom of heaven. But they choose to just get by. That's all. Thus, the man with the five talents can be just as tempted to not work as the man with the one talents. But the men with more talents, with the five and the two, they resisted that temptation. While the man with the ta- one talent succumbed to it. He didn't go work. Are you with me? He succumbed to it. He failed. See, the man with the one talent was probably just as ready to do all that he could. Okay? That he could. But once he compared his life with the man with the two talents and the five talents, he probably just said, hey, man, uh, what, what's the use? He was satisfied just to have one talent. Once he compares himself with the guy with the five talents and two talents, he just shrinks back. You know, and I've said it before. Abraham Lincoln said this, and I preached another sermon on this, and I thought about it when I preached on the talents. He said, God must really love ordinary people. Remember, Josie liked that quote. That's why I always remember it. Because he made so many of us. Not a whole lot of five talents. Now, Pastor Sonny is. That guy, sheesh. We were sitting in the car the other day, and Joseph, remember this. We were driving back. To he that has, more shall be given. God blessed him. Uh, big time. We were driving back to his house. And we were talking about our overall ministry. We were talking about different guys and these, that, and, you know. And then I remember I told him, and Julie was there. So was Joseph. They didn't refute this. I said, Sonny, I'm not too dumb. I said that in front of Sonny. How dumb are I said, you know, I, I can do some stuff. And we got other guys in this ministry that can do some stuff. I said, but you know what, Sonny? In this ministry, it's you, bro. I remember, I remember, Tom, I, remember I told him that joke. I said, it's you. It's all, Sonny, it's you. You're, in other words, what I was telling him, Sonny, you're the five-talent guy. There's some two-talent guys. There's a lot of one-talent guys. But, but it's Pastor Sonny for this ministry. I'll just tell you the truth. Uh, look what he's done. The God's used him tremendously in, in East L.A. and the big old church, the biggest seating capacity church in the greater downtown L.A. area is Victory Outreach, and he built that. Uh, he built the church in Manila with his own money. All this stuff. It's Sonny's the five-talent guy. I'll tell you that. Uh, you ever hang around with him? But he looks so simple, too. He hangs around, and, you know, but, but he not. Uh, if he'd be here, he'd be tripping on all of you. He got those big old eyes, you know. Uh, okay, let's keep going over here. Don't be satisfied. Just, you know, like the one-talent guy was freaking back. See, that's what the one-talent guy did. He simply went out to this garden, and he buried the talent, the Bible says. He buried the money. And the explanation that he gives is because he was afraid. He was afraid. He was afraid of competition, really. 
He was, he, he was afraid. I was afraid of you. Uh, and what was he afraid of? Of competition? And once he's done doing what he has been doing or what he should have done, the guys with the two talents and the five talents are still going to be looking better than he. So he says, what's the use? They're going to look better than me anyways. He was afraid to wound his own pride. He was comparing himself to himself. That's real deep. We'll just tell you right now. He was afraid to wound his own pride because he was comparing himself to himself. If he could not play quarterback or halfback, then he's going to take the ball and go home. That's what he's going to do. I'll bury my ball. None of you can play with it. Uh, if he couldn't sing solo in the choir or lead, forget about it. Buried his talent. Buried his talent. Some of you guys in the home, well, you, guys, you guys got big talents over here. We're waiting for you to come and help us grow this ministry where God's called us to grow. And but the church too, guys, by the way. The church too, we're waiting for you guys too. Uh, don't hide your talents. We need them. Boy, we need what you guys got. And I'll tell you something. This church has been burying some of its talents. Oh, 88% of you can sing better than me. But I sang. And I know how I sounded. I heard myself last night. It's terrible. <laughs> they, they made the tape. And I sounded better last night. Uh, <laughs> but I'll sing. And I can't. Uh, so we need some of you people uh, to come on up here and take us on where God's called us to go. See, how so many of us rob ourselves out of so many blessings and opportunities within the kingdom of heaven. Simply do because we don't want to injure our own pride. Uh, I mean, if anybody, come on, I just, I just stumbled over my own words and voice. But I still did it. And again, 88% of you can sing, probably 92% of you can sing better than me. Uh, we need your, your giftings. Another thing this, that this man was afraid of was work. Not only was this guy proud, he was also lazy. What a combination. Supersize it. Huh? He was lazy as well. The Bible calls him slothful. See, in the kingdom of God and in this church, there's so much to do. Yet a number of people that God has gifted have some heavy ways of making some heavy excuses to actually cover up on their laziness. This guy, was, he covered up on his laziness. He buried his laziness. Ah, see, the one talent guy was afraid to injure his pride and afraid to work. Then the Bible says, in closing, that he was afraid of his master as well. He didn't think his master would be fair. He thought that the master would, would judge him according to the men with the, the, with the five talents and the two talents. God won't do that. God will judge you according to the talents that he's given you. God is a fair God. He's a just God. If you're a one talent guy, God understands that. Ah. But this guy thought that he'd place him in the same category as the five and the two talent men. No. And there are people who think the same thing of God. But this parable is telling us, don't sweat it. God will not judge us according to what we don't have, but according to what we do have. That's it. What he's giving us, what he's going to judge you with. Not what you don't have. Ah. So we need to understand that. See, this one talent guy, he let... His fear simply unman him. Unman. 
Hmm? Came discouraged, didn't have no courage. Listen, church, don't let Satan do that to you. He's going to try, but don't let him do it. Okay? Then finally, the last part of the parable is the reckoning. This is real important. That's why I'm going to close with this. The reckoning. The reckoning means the rewards. He came and he distributed rewards or judgment. It's a time of judgments. See, the blessings that you and I receive today have to do what we're going to do what we've done yesterday. You reap what you, it's a law. We're talking about laws here. Whatever you do, God's going to bless you. A lot of times I come over here and I'm here and the men's home, they probably don't want, hope the pastors don't come today because they know when the pastor comes, they're going to work. Outside joke. Uh, but what did I tell some of you guys that were raking? I don't know if you heard me yesterday. But what did I tell you? Remember what I told you guys? You'll thank me when you get to heaven. Not here. Oh, my God. And some of you are so talented, you could rake like crazy. You can rake great. But you're sitting on your rake. Ah. Uh, and so you're not doing it. But, but when, you're, when, you're doing, when you're doing it, so you're piling up not just leaves, but riches in heaven. Somebody's praying over here. Ah. So in here, you might say, oh, no, here comes Pastor Steve. But when you get to heaven, you're going to say, all right, here comes Pastor Steve. Let me show him what I got. Uh, with my pearly whites, hallelujah, that I got at the pearly gates, you know. Picked up these pearly whites at the pearly gates. Ah. See, the thing about this parable, and here's the key to the parable. He, he, he judged them according to what they had, not what they didn't have. And he judges them according to being faithful. Be faithful in little, and I'll put you on much. Be faithful. All he wants for you is to do your best. That's what this parable is all about. The bottom line of this sermon is just do your best. Do your best. But don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for sloppy, sloppy seconds. Get the best. Nothing but the best for the best. Don't give God your sloppy seconds. Don't give God your mediocrity. All he wants is you. No one else will do. Not just a part. He wants all of your heart. All he wants is all of you. I said that very, there's a word called cacophony. I used to be an English literate writer. Cacophony means a terrible sound. Euphony means <clears throat> all he wants is you. I'm from the Bing Cosby days. No one else will do, not just a part. He wants all of your heart. All he wants is all of you. All he wants is you. I said, and give me your best. Give me your best. So don't just give him mediocrity. Uh, that's all he's asking for. Nothing more, but nothing less. Nothing more, but nothing less. See, we've been covering here, and we're talking about Allah, Allah here. It's Allah. He that has more shall be given. He that doesn't have shall be taken away. The person who does shall increase, and he that has nothing shall decrease. This law holds true in every department of life. You know, when I was younger, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to say close with anything. I'm going to close with this. 
We used to go on field trips. You ever been to field trips in school? I had to go on a field trip one time with one of my daughters. I went with you to the beach too. Okay, both, both field trips. We went to the beach with one and we went to the Oakland Museum and another. I'm not going to snitch on myself. <laughs> but I have to think about it. Uh, I got caught up in that stuff. Because kids like me, we hardly went to museums. So I was making, I was like, do you think I didn't go with you? You went with me. I was tripping because I love history. I used to read history. I mean, history should get A's and all that. But I'd never been to a museum in a while, so I'm tripping, man. Oh, man, you know. But when we were kids, we would go on, 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 on some of these field trips, like to the, to the, to the mountains. And I'd be thinking, man, where's recess? Ain't no recess. You know, we take the back lunch. Come on, man, where's lunch, you know? But the teacher, the biology teacher, he'd be all into it. Ooh! <laughs> A chloroseptic phenomosis! Look at this! <laughs> and we were from the hood. <laughs> we knew he wasn't talking about our kind of thing. Chloroseptic, oh my God, what, what is that, you know? Philosophers of the platypuses. <laughs> look at this, fella, look at this, you know? The teachers will be running in with, with white socks. Look at this, fellas, all go. This is grand, man. It's good for us to be here. And I'd be like, oh, come on, guy. But the same law and the same principle at work. To he that has, he has all kinds of knowledge. More shall be given. He was really into that stuff. I mean, he was like, man, you know, man, I, ooh, man, I can hardly wait till the next field trip. Okay, we're going to find. He was, he was off into the wilderness. Uh, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, all that. Ooh, man. Uh, you know, the same principle applies with Christianity and, and, Christ, and church. Some of you don't like to come to church. But then there's others of you. Oh, Pastor Steve, go along. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Oh, just give me some stuff, man. You know. Ooh, man. He did you hear what he said? Cladopuses, Fagalopolis. Wow, that's deep. Preach it, brother Steve. I'm getting fat. Man. The same principle. He that has more shall be given. Some of you that come to church, you're studying, you're praying, you're ready. Who me? Come on, brother Steve. Uh, you're on a field trip. You don't want to go home. You're on a field trip. Come on, man. I'm along the brethren. I'm in fellowship with God and God's people. I can hardly wait till six o'clock. I'm going to go hang out with the pastor. I'm going to have so much pumpkin pie stuff. I was going to have it coming out of his ears. I'm going to get to the pastor through the pastor's side. So you can't have enough. He that has more shall be given. That's the way it should be. Then your family look at you like... Some of you are like that. You're fanatics. You're radical. And your family doesn't know how to deal with that. They can't hang. Church, you were there. Weren't you there last night? You were there. Did it that Sunday? You put on your Sunday best. 
Come on. Did they cancel Sunday service? No. Oh, I'd fire the pastor if they did. No. But I know my pastor. He'd never do that. Uh, No, no, no. Uh, It's the same principle. Uh, Can you really into it? And you should be like that. Uh, Really, in God's man, I I want more. He that has, more shall be given. given. Thank you very much. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. It's a law. It's a law. In conclusion, we each have certain gifts. God has given to every one of us. The key is to be faithful with those gifts. And someday, here, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of thy salvation. We can all obtain that same prize, that reward, that commendation that we call heaven. Heaven. Whether we're gifted with one talent, two talents, or five talents, all are going to go to the same heaven. We can't all do great things in the sight of man. But we can do our best for the best. You're not all going to be gifted with preaching. You're not all going to be gifted with the gift of prophecy. There are very few Dick Mills. But you and I get to go to the same heaven that Billy Graham goes to. You and I get to go to the same heaven that Sonny Argazzoni goes to. You and I get to go to the same heaven that Nicky Cruz goes to. You and I get to go to the very same heaven. Hallelujah. We can all hear that. Well done, good and faithful servant. We can all be, we cannot all be great in the sight of man. But we can do our best. That's all God asks. We can do our best. This morning, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to make an altar call. We're going to turn this into an altar call. But I want those of you that say, I haven't been doing my best. And you got to be honest this Thanksgiving day. I can do better. I want to do better, but I can do better, and I'm going to do better. I want to do better, I can do better, and I'm going to do better. This holiday season, I'm going to do better. If that's you, and you want me to pray for you before we take communion, I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet right there where you're at. Nothing but the best for the best. Because that's what it's going to take to knock down these walls. That's what it's going to take. 